we're back in the room now and peering through the curtains so as not to be recognized. They watched a uniformed policeman as he sat down in his car talking on his radio. The door was opened and eventually he got out and peered into the car. From the window, Chrissy and her brother could see the cop tapping on the glass as if someone were inside. Is someone in the car? asked Chrissy. I don't know. It looks like the cop sees something, though. The policeman continued to peer inside the Volkswagen. He tapped gently on the passenger side window with his flashlight and used his hand as a visor to look inside. While he was doing this, Keith and Chrissy saw another police car pull up, followed immediately by an ambulance. Oh my God, Martin. Chrissy's in the car. God, oh God, please let her be okay, please. The policeman that had been tapping on the glass opened what appeared to be an unlocked passenger side window. The ambulance crew gathered at the car door as someone slowly and gingerly stepped out. It was Lucy. Her forehead was matted with hair and dried blood. Yeah, I feel a little bit sick, though, she responded. An EMT quickly started looking at her wound. You've got an upset stomach, he asked. Chrissy nodded yes that she did. Yeah, slight concussion, said the EMT. He was now looking at her eyes with a tiny flashlight. It'll go away in a day or two, he said. You're going to need a few stitches, though. No, said Lucy. The sound of her own voice made her head pound. She knew a trip to the hospital would get them busted for sure if they weren't already. Besides, they didn't have any money anyway. The EMT shook his head. Look, if money's the problem, I'm sure the hospital would be willing to work something out. No, really, I'm okay. I'll go home and I'll get it handled there. Lucy, what happened? so tuned in to Lucy's account of what had happened that they didn't notice a policeman had walked up to them and was listening as well. Lucy turned to face him. The EMT was cleaning her wound with alcohol. He stopped and peeled off the green rubber surgical gloves he had been wearing. The cop waited for the EMT to finish before he asked the question again. Did you get a good look at his face? Yeah, I did. He was bald, a thick kind of... Wait a minute, said the cop. He pulled out a notepad from one of his shirt pockets and a pen from the other. Bald, he said as he started writing. Go on. He had a thick mustache, a big nose, glasses. Kind of freaky looking, really. Did you notice how tall or maybe how short he was? Any distinctive like moles, scars, or a tattoo, maybe? Average height. I didn't notice anything else. Oh, God, I'm going to be sick. It was all Lucy could do to get away from everyone before she threw up. 
The vomit splattered on the tires of the ambulance. If she's not going to go to the hospital, she really needs to lay down for a while. She has a concussion, the EMT said to the cop. He flipped his notepad closed and put it back into his shirt pocket. Yeah, okay, I'm through anyway, he said. Can we go now? asked Keith. You guys have a room here? asked the cop. He was tall. His thick fingers of his left hand rested on his sidearm. His skin was leathery and tan like that of someone who had worked outside all of their life. Yes, sir. Well, the girls do. Well, who are you? He asked suspiciously. Y'all go on back to the room, said Keith as the girls walked up. Chrissy had her hands around Lucy's waist and Lucy was leaning against Chrissy. She was clearly having a hard time walking. They didn't say anything, but just kept on walking toward the room. Keith waited for the girls to get by before he answered the cop. I'm Chrissy's brother. Chrissy and you and Lucy get down this way often. That VW bug is registered to a man in Portland. Is that Lucy's dad? No, we don't come down this way much, and yeah, I guess that car is probably Lucy's dad's, but she drives it. Do you mind me asking what you kids are doing down here? Well, we just needed to get away for a little while, some time to just hang out, you know? No, not really, said the cop. You guys need her home and get that cut on her head taken care of. Meanwhile, if I find out anything about who did this, tell Lucy I'll be in touch, okay? Yes, officer, I will. Thank you. Keith walked quickly to the room, not giving the cop an opportunity to ask any more questions. He opened the hotel door, turned and waved to him as he sat in his car. The cop returned the wave and pulled away. Keith hurriedly entered the room. He doesn't know. How can you be sure, asked Chrissy. Come on, he would have arrested y'all right here. Lucy was laying on the bed on her back. Chrissy had put a wet towel on her head that already turned pink from the still-bleeding wound. She was asleep again. Should she be sleeping like that, asked Keith. Well, wake her up every five minutes. She's okay. Once she gets to feeling better... We need to get her back to Portland. Why? So we can be arrested? No, so she can get some medical help. How is that going to be possible, Martin? Look, someone's got to make the right decision here. Lucy's health has to come first. If we go back, Lucy and I are going to be sitting in jail. Maybe we ought to reconsider taking her to the hospital now. The fact that we didn't allow her to be transported by the ambulance had that cop looking at us funny. What did he ask you? Well, he only asked who I was if we came down this way often. So what did you tell him? I told him the truth. Chrissy shook her head like she was angry at Martin. You're always so righteous, Martin. You're always concerned about doing what's right. Put her back.
back against the wall. She slid down slowly with her face in her hands until her bottom hit the floor. So the right thing to do here is to take Lucy back to Portland for medical attention and go to jail. That's the right thing. This isn't a probation thing, Martin. You don't know that. Besides, that cop that was here is going to check us out. He'll figure it out eventually. I'm no lawyer, Chrissy, but you've never been in trouble before. You were only in the car. Lucy started to moan in her sleep. Her damp towel had turned even redder now. Chrissy went over to comfort her, but before she could get there, Lucy rolled over and vomited once again. Chrissy, we've got to get her back to Portland, said Keith. Chrissy knew her brother was right. Lucy was sick, and her situation was only getting worse. The last thing she wanted was to go to jail, but she was seeing her selfishness in holding back on deciding to return to Portland. Okay, okay, how are we going to do this? We have two cars here, asked Chrissy. You take one and I'll take the other. Lucy rides in the Suburban. She can lay down in the back seat. We'll find something around here for her to puke in just in case. All right? Chrissy sat back down on the floor. I'm scared, Martin. I know you are. I'm very proud of you, though, Chrissy. This is the right thing to do. Martin, you sound more like my father than my brother. Stop it. He walked over to her and helped her up. Your father is proud of you, too, he said. She didn't respond. She just began to help clean up the vomit off the floor. They made the decision to go ahead and leave as soon as possible. Chrissy would drive the Suburban back and Keith would take the bug. The plan was to follow her as closely as possible and not get separated. The trip was long, but they managed to get through it. Twice along the way, Lucy's concussion caused her to have to puke, and they pulled over to the shoulder along the freeway. By the time they made it back to Portland, it was late. Lucy was not feeling well at all, so when they got close to the downtown area, Chrissy pulled into the parking lot and asked Martin what he wanted to do. Well, she asked, let's take her to Portland Memorial. I'll call her parents and tell them what has happened. What about me, Martin? What's going to happen tonight? I don't know, Chrissy. All I know is you're doing the right thing here. She drove to Portland Memorial Hospital and helped Lucy to the emergency entrance. Keith was right behind her and made it in time to help her assist Lucy. They walked up to a large round counter where they were met by a nurse in green scrubs. She looked at Lucy's head. Goodness me, she said, and her chubby fingers began to write amazingly fast on some sort of form. Her red fingernails and lipstick matched her 50-styled red hair. Her double chin wiggled when she talked. Name, please. Chrissy spoke for Lucy and gave the nurse Lucy's name. The nurse stopped but didn't look up. And you are? Chrissy answered coldly, wondering why the nurse needed her name. One moment, please, the nurse said politely. She turned and disappeared behind two swinging double doors. When she quickly reappeared, she wasn't alone, but with a portent police officer. The nurse pointed to the girls. 
Keith put his hands on each of their shoulders as he came up between them. It's going to be okay, he said. Annie.